This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work For Him this afternoon as we're live in Tampa Bay on AM 579 10 and FM 102.1. But we're online at letstalkfaith.com, iHeartRadio, and iWorkForHim.com. Make sure you also check out the rebroadcast on several stations here in Tampa Bay, but also on Talk America Radio and on all the podcast platforms. But of course, iTunes is the major one of them. But we're so thankful that you tune in. Just know that before the show, we prayed for you. We prayed that something we say today would cause you to dig deeper into your faith and to connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5, to recognize that your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. You know, transitions are happening all over the place. The baton is being passed from the boomer generation to the millennial generation. Why? For some reason, the X generation just doesn't know how to reach the millennials and the digital generation, so the batons are passing us by. Well, that's just an aside. Wait a minute. Just an aside. Not, I'm not a bitter Xer. Don't worry about that. But where is the biggest mission field in America right now? The millennial and digital generations. Why? Most of them don't have any preconceived ideas about Jesus or Christianity. In fact, most of them are oblivious as to what the Bible actually says to them at all. Most of them have never even cracked open a Bible at all. What do they know about Jesus in the Bible and Christians? They've learned that on social media and the news, and that's not good. What are we going to do? We're going to pass a baton to the generation that knows how to reach the next generations. Mission America Coalition is ready to do just that. With the new leadership under evangelist Nick Hall, they're ready to start a full-on assault on the enemy and the strongholds he's laid in the foundations of this great country. We've been given the torch of freedom to the world to represent it to the world. But we've taken that freedom as a country and use it selfishly in order to satisfy our selfish interest. Today, that stops. As we've we've talked, each one of you listening, we've talked about the Love 2020 movement for months now, actually a year and a half. And we've talked about the impact that bringing a genuine touch of love, of Jesus Christ's love to our workplaces, to our neighborhoods, to our churches, is what's going to really change the country. People need to meet the real Jesus. You are desperately needed in the front lines of this battle. It may cost you everything you have here on earth, but what is that compared to the unfathomable riches of heaven? Nick Hall and Kathy Branzell, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, good to hear your voice, Jim. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, Jim, good to be here. Kathy, what's up? Welcome, uh, good to welcome to the voice. big Thanks. team, Nick. Nick, it's great to have you. Uh, I just excited to have you on the show with us today. Excited to have you share your vision. Excited to hit, hear how the Lord has been working in your life as you take over the leadership of the Mission America Coalition. It's very exciting. Uh, and Kathy, it was great. Thank you for your incredible hospitality this week. As Martha and I traveled through at ninety miles an hour on our way home from our la- latest road trip, but it's always great to see you. My Nick, pleasure. Great having you here. Oh, I'm so glad, Nick. Here's my first question. Since this is your first time on I Work For Him, tell the audience how the Lord grabbed hold of your life and where he's leading you today. Yeah, man, it's a great question. Jim, thanks again for uh, just having me on, and uh, just an honor to be here with Kathy. 
Uh, I, you know, I grew up uh, in a family that, um, you know, that was religious. Um, I would say uh, God had moved in my parents' life and, um, you know, came from church backgrounds. Actually, my, um, you know, my parents uh, really were impacted when they were uh, college and even a young professional age. Uh, my dad actually uh, went to a Josh McDowell rally uh, that was on his university campus. And, uh, and that really changed his life, and then that really changed the way, you know, that we were raised. And so I remember when we were little, um, you know, my parents were getting discipled by a young family, and, and that then kind of impacted us. We started to go to a different church. We uh, started to get involved in kids' programs. And, you know, and so from a young age, I uh, came to know Jesus, you know, prayed and and just surrendered my life to Him, and uh, and I just say that's really the beginning for me of God uh, working in my life, of really just this calling and this burning desire from as young as I can remember uh, to see people know Jesus, and uh, and so I was always talking about Him, and then uh, you know as I became a teenager and even into college, I, I ended up getting connected to you know some evangelists, and so. Uh, got connected to Luis Palau, got connected to Billy Graham, and uh, ended up really traveling the country with these guys and, and then really launched a ministry, um, you know, for really reaching my generation, you know, as a 20-year-old kid at the time. And then, you know, that really brings me to today. I'm still leading that ministry. And, uh, you know, we have a team now of 30-plus uh, full-time. We're part of a couple hundred events a year and really trying to reach this generation. And then, you know, uh, recently God has really moved and spoke about this opportunity for a strategic, you know, partnership really between generations, between uh, efforts, uh, you know, and uh, I've been on the board of Mission America for the last uh, six years, and but recently took over as the new uh, president and CEO there. And so, yeah, just excited. God's moving. I see God at work you know, in, in our nation today. Um, a lot of people don't know it. They don't see it. But I just believe that, man, these are these are historic times. Uh, well, for... and, you're, and you're really equipped for that. And that's what I love about you. I mean, you're a noted evangelist. And based on what I've read, you've got a passion for reaching the lost, as you've just shared. But you've got a passion for reaching the lost in the millennial and the upcoming digital generation. What has the Lord shown you about how you can reach these generations? Because these are the first generations to come through in our country to have little or no knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and who, who what the Bible has to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a great observation. And, uh, you know, even for people listening, maybe that's your, you know, son or daughter or brother or sister or grandson, granddaughter. But I mean, I, I just, this is an unreached and biblically illiterate uh, generation. A lot of people see that as negative. Um, I just see it as an opportunity and that there's no longer all this uh, religious baggage that we had to kind of wade through that was there before. I mean, you're literally starting at scratch with a generation that is the most cause-driven uh, generation and the most digitally connected generation, you know, ever. And so I just, you know, we've just seen, man, as we're lifting up Jesus, as we're communicating in a language that they understand, uh, we're just seeing young people come to Christ by the, by the, not just by the tens and twenties, but by the tens of thousands. I mean, we've seen over half a million people respond to the gospel uh, in the U.S. alone, you know, since we've launched Pulse, and, uh, and we just believe that this is a, a revival generation. 
Well, and, and Kathy, as you know, Nick comes alongside of you as he's the head of the Mission America Coalition, but you're in charge of the Love 2020 movement nationwide and really as it's impacting the world. How exciting is it for, for somebody who loves the digital generation, the millennial generation, to come alongside and, and work in this Love 2020 movement? It, it's got to be fun to have some new blood in there. How, what do you think, Kathy? Man, I'm so excited. Forget about sleep. Just forget it. Uh, I'm so excited. There's so much to do. There's so much, uh, you know, as things were going great, you and I have had, a, you know, over a year's worth of shows of just praising God for everything that's going on and, and all the different areas of cultural influence and especially in the workplace. But, I mean, it's like God said, wait, I got something really sweet for you. And he brought Nick, you know, into the leadership of, of Mission America Coalition. And I really want to key in on what he said, because we talk a lot in transition, especially, you know, um, uh, Dr. Paul Cedar, who is our incredible Mission America Coalition leader for many, many years since the beginning, that's just passing the baton on to Nick uh, this month. Um, there, there's that word, we're passing the baton on. It's, but what Nick said was it's a partnership of the generations. And so, um, you know, thankfully, since I'm kind of in that older generation, Nick's not sweeping us all out the door and saying, okay, you guys go retire, have a good, well, I like to fish, but he's not saying, okay, everybody just go fish and see you later. Um, he's saying, wait, wait, we're all in this together. I'm just coming in as an addition not not uh, to replace, but, you know, there's multiplication in this. And so just to know that everything we've been doing will now extend into these other generations, and these other generations will become involved in what we've been doing, and we can get involved with what they've been doing and just go where the Lord's moving and move together. Right. That's exciting. Well, and what's exciting about that is that these younger generations desperately need old people investing in their lives, discipling them. And there is a whole bunch of old people who love Jesus who would desperately love to be able to feed into the next generation. So I think together we can really work that out. And Kathy, as we have talked about this so many times on I Work For Him, what is the advantage of bringing an authentic touch of Jesus Christ with us to bring to the people that we work alongside each and every day? What's gonna, why is that a big deal? Well, you know, it's a big deal because one of the things you said um, about, you know, the upcoming generation, but I think it's kind of true, sadly, for a lot of America, is they don't know who Jesus is, and they don't know what the Bible says. And so by living out our faith, because Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. And this is not a squishy, cuddly kind of love. This is, you know, I keep saying this is an image-bearing, armor-wearing, snatching people out of the fires of hell love. Um, you know, this is a fight for people's souls. This is a fight for people's destinies. And so um, with Love 2020, it, a lot of it is about proximity. Who do you work with? Who do you live close to? Um, I heard on a call today about how different um, schools in Cincinnati, that the Christian students on campus are neighboring their locker people that, you know, have the 10 lockers to the left and to the right of them, and how they can love their locker neighbor um, uh, with the love of Christ. I think that's so cool. And so with that, just kind of this everyday along the way mentality of just like Jesus did, um, as he was. So as you are walking down the hallway, as you are um, going through the parking lot, as you're sitting in meetings, as you're going to eat lunch, as you're going to get coffee, Whatever it is, you can pray, you can care, and you can share the gospel message with people by living it out in your life. 
And Nick Hall, as you take charge of this organization, the Mission America, Mission America Corporation, or Coalition, excuse me, and Love 2020, as you, as you work alongside Kathy, you take the vision of reaching these next generations. How does equipping this next generation with the idea, because this is something that's been missed in my generation and the generations older than me, that they're, that this is all about all of our lives, that becoming a Christ follower impacts everything they do, especially their work. How does that fit into the mission of the Mission America Coalition? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I really think that uh, we as the Church, uh, I think, often have drawn lines where uh, Jesus never did, right? I mean, he never said, uh, follow me in this part of your life, or uh, follow me in that part of your life. Um, you know, when he called his followers, it was a lifestyle, right? It was everything you do. You know, it was every everywhere you go. It was it wasn't like just uh, this partition thing. And and we do this in other areas as well. You know, we'll say, you know, are you a prayer person, or are you a discipleship person, or are you an evangelism person? And again, it's like these are lines that that Jesus didn't draw. These are lines that Scripture doesn't draw. Uh, you know, in our Western thinking, we kind of get into this, like, grid mindset where it's kind of like either-or. But I just think of it as, man, there's an opportunity to redraw the lines and say, man, Jesus wants it all, and he calls us to be his disciples. And being a disciple means, you know, at your workplace, at your school, uh, whatever your vocation, whatever your career path, we all have this calling to go into all the world. And so, um, you know, whether you're a full-time minister or whether you are a uh, uh, accountant or a teacher or a doctor, man, you are a called uh, servant of the Most High God. Well, and, and really, Nick, I'm going to interrupt you there because full-time minister, I mean, anybody in their workplace could be a minister. Anybody, I mean, that workplace is a mission field. I mean, we've got pulpit pastors and we've got pastors of organizations of 30 or 40 that maybe run a small business that's an air conditioning uh, company or maybe a plumbing company or could be a, a copy repair company, whatever it may be. But that's that's the beauty of un, this understanding that really started the Reformation 500 years ago that we're just now coming back to going, hey, wait a minute, we already had this figured out 500 years ago. Why are we having to revisit this again? So it's exciting, but let me just ask you this question, Nick. As you have said, you've seen hundreds of thousands of people in the next generation, the millennial generation, the digital generation, you've seen hundreds of thousands of them come to put their faith and trust in Christ to, to make him Lord. How have you seen what Jesus said that, you know, he's going to leave so the Holy Spirit could come so we could do things even greater than him? I think one of the things that I missed as a teenager and a college kid was that nobody ever told me that the Holy Spirit was was there, and in that power, I could do greater things than even Jesus did. How are how is the next generations being equipped to understand that the real power behind the movement of Jesus is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think you see it. Uh, I would say stronger in different areas. You know, obviously, we all you know tend to kind of emphasize things that are to our you know, maybe preference or, or leanings, but, but I do think that there is a fresh hunger and a fresh understanding, um, you know, that has really come, you know, in recent years, and is especially in the next generation of just saying, man, I want to have access to everything that Jesus has for me, and, and certainly that involves, like, living that Spirit-empowered 
life, right? And so we're seeing young people, I mean, teenagers, college kids, getting a hold of their faith, you know, pouring over Scripture, um, you know, leading crazy efforts or dreaming and, and taking their department, right, planning prayer rallies and planning outreach initiatives or uh, planning food packing things. And, and so it's just this realization when it's like, man, the Spirit of God lives inside of me, that I don't need to look for others to do everything, but that, no, this is God in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? And I am his ambassador. And so I really believe this is a, you know, when I talked before about this is a cause-driven generation, right? They are predisposed to want to do things that matter. Uh, they don't care as much as previous generations about building earthly wealth. They really want to uh, build a well. They want to build a home. They want their decisions to have a global impact. And I just think, man, when you partner that with the gospel and you partner that with the Holy Spirit's power in them, like, I do believe these kids are going to change the world. And I think we're we're just starting to see glimpses of it now. Well, and you're in a very vibrant mission field. Being in, being in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which, by the way, that is my hometown area, so I'm, I, I love the fact that you're up there, and I love the fact that you got such a great vision there. But you talk about an international marketplace now. Minneapolis-St. Paul has got to be hugely international. And, and you've got such—and there's so much wealth up there. And, and, of course, there's nice cold weather, too, and some snow, which I miss that. But, you know, they can't get that. You can't get both warm temperatures and snow at the same time. So, But when you look at that marketplace that the Lord has put you in up there in Minneapolis-St. Paul, and I know you speak all over the place, but you've got big visions for Minneapolis-St. Paul. What have you seen the Lord doing in that great international city? Yeah, it's been incredible. It's been incredible. I mean, every year uh, we've been holding, the uh, you know, the largest— um, you know, National Day of Prayer events in the country have been happening on the campus here at the University of Minnesota. I mean, upwards of 10, 15,000 young people, you know, filling up uh, the hockey arena here. You know, we've seen uh, young international students, as you said. I mean, there's there's uh, over 100 nations, you know, that, that consider uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul their home. You know, we have the largest Somali population outside Somalia. We have, you know, a, a very large... Hmong and, uh, and Chinese population, you know, very, uh, very large uh, Arabic, Middle Eastern population. And so it's just the nations are here. And even in that, we've seen young leaders rise up who are actually leading uh, internationally led gatherings on our universities. These are young men and women evangelists that we've trained up, raised up. We're putting on these initiatives on campuses, off campuses. Um, again, it's just there is really a move of God. I have a young, uh, a, a young guy from El Salvador that I've been mentoring the last couple of years, and, and he just became, you know, a student body vice president of one of the major, you know, universities here, and uh, really wanting to shake his campus with revival. You know, and this isn't a, a religious campus at all. And so we just we just really see these kind of glimpses and glimmers and. Even until today, like right now, the young leaders of the Twin Cities are leading the whole church in the Twin Cities. And we've seen as many as 700 pastors come out in the last six months, and we're working towards uh, really a God-sized vision to fill our stadium. You know, and so it's, you know, it's going to be the home of the Super Bowl in February, but in May, you know, we're praying there'll be over 60,000, you know, young people there uh, coming out, you know, to hear the gospel. And so th- there really is. Um, you know, you see these glimpses and just God movements happening all over the country. And it always looks different. It's always different scales and sizes. But, man, it's like 
God is at work and something is going on. Well, and that's the cool part about the Love 2020 movement is that it's for everybody that's out there. Every one of you listening today can grab hold of the vision because you can learn to pray for those people that you work alongside, that you live alongside each and every day. You can learn to care for them by befriending them, developing relationships with them, serving them. You can learn to pray with them when you see they're having a rough day. You can be a person of excellence in your workplace, which gives you an opportunity to have a platform. But all along, you have the opportunity to share the hope that you have because of Jesus Christ. The answer to every question that your friends and neighbors and coworkers are asking, the answer is Jesus. All right, so Nick, here's my question for you. As we get back to the conversation about Love 2020 and Mission America Coalition, as the new leader of Mission America Coalition, what is your vision for what God can do with the Love 2020 movement as we, as it grows and as we head into the last three years before the end of 2020? You know, I really just, uh, I, I believe that now is the time uh, for the church to rally together around what we're for. You know, I just I just think that there is an urgency uh, that people need to experience the hope and the love of Jesus, and that's really what Love 2020 is all about. Uh, it's, it's about expressing Jesus' love and, and have, having manifestations, just practical opportunities towards that end. And so, um, and I, I believe that, that through Mission America, we have a chance to really rally leaders and pastors and and just believers who want to be out there going after it, seeing people come to know Jesus, seeing people experience His hope. And Love 2020 is really just the tangible boots on the ground. As you said before, man, anybody can get connected to this. Man, there's so many opportunities. Uh, We just believe this is a time for all hands on deck. And so that's what we want to be about. Um, You know, we want to be about just uh, rallying uh, the church, which is all of us who are Jesus followers, uh, to get out there and uh, to get busy bringing in the harvest, to get busy loving our friends and family members uh, with the hope and love of Jesus Christ. Mm, amen. That's very cool. Kathy Branzell, we'll bring you back to the conversation. Hopefully you didn't fall asleep while we're waiting on you or while we're, we're talking here. to Nick. Uh, so here's the, here's the question. Sorry. <laughs> I just we got, I got carried away with my questions on Nick. Talk to me about, we're we're 30 days into the 40 days of love.net. We're 30 days in. What are you hearing from across the country about the 40 days of love challenge? And and what's going on? We got 10 days left. What do you got? Well, and just to say, you know, this was an exercise in obedience to build a habit, which builds a lifestyle. So we're praying that on, you know, October 30th, people don't just turn the love light off and go, okay, done. (laughs) You know, we're commanded 55 times alone in the New Testament to love. And so this was just to get you started, it gets you going. But we're hearing amazing stories from, again, all the different areas of influence. People are like, you know, those those spheres, those affinity spheres of yours are kind of confusing. All those are are just all these different areas of cultural influence. So it's kind of where you are and what you're doing. Give me, um, give me, give us, one, up. give us one specific story you've heard, Kathy Branzo. Oh, wow. Just one? Okay. Yes. So um, a church that has a school connected to it, the, the church members kind of challenged their junior high and high schoolers to be involved in 40 Days of Love, too. Those, and so 
um, they started going out in the neighborhood that surrounds our school, which um, is really the most vulnerable, the most needy kind of neighborhoods. And and uh, they just started going out there and, and cleaning up and playing with kids in the street and knocking on doors and saying, is there anything I can do for you? Can... Um, you know, can I move this? Can I clean that? Can uh, do you need anything? And so those um, acts of love, you know, Nick keeps talking about that. Uh, this is a very cause-driven generation, um, and I would say with Jesus, it will be a love-driven generation. So from that, there all these conversations about Jesus started happening just in the last few days, and and so all these junior high and high school kids are answering the hard question, or what we think is a hard question of who is Jesus to you, or what is Jesus to you, and they're just excited to be able to explain how Jesus makes a difference in their difference in their life and what their hope is and while they're why they're spending their afternoons and now their weekends out there. Um and even the principal said there, the pastor said he was kinda of concerned that he's gonna walk by a classroom in the next week or so and they're gonna be empty because these kids have become addicted to love. They've become wow, they're that's just a great so problem. Pumped. Yeah. yeah, they're just so pumped to be out sharing the love and message, connecting the message of Jesus with what they're out there doing. And so now the junior high and high schoolers have kind of come back to the church and said, so what are you doing every day to share the love of Jesus? So, so fun. But uh, yeah, needs to extend way past our 40 days and just keep it going. Well, and that's just really, that's the point. So people should go out to 40daysoflove.net, 40daysoflove.net. Check it out. Get started on your 40 days today, 40daysoflove.net. Now, Nick Hall, as the new CEO of Mission America Coalition, you also have been really in charge of this movement called Pulse, the Pulse Movement. Why don't you tell our audience, there's people listening today that are not familiar with what you've been doing. Tell us about the Pulse Movement. Yeah, so Pulse is really a, uh, a next-generation uh, birth, I would say, uh, prayer and evangelism uh, movement. I mean, we were really trained up under the Billy Graham team, and so for those that have been a part of things with uh, Billy Graham and, and uh, you know, think of their crusades going all the way back to the Youth for Christ movement. In many ways, I would say that Pulse is kind of that that early days, Youth for Christ, you know, when they used to go across the country and rally young people uh, in places like Los Angeles and at Soldier Field in Chicago in the in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, you know, and and uh, and the Graham team really started out of a youth movement. I mean, it was a youth evangelism movement that they were uh, really trying to rally the nation. And so Pulse started through an English paper I wrote as a university student, um, and. Uh, that was the title of the paper, and the paper went viral and became really a movement on our campus. We had, you know, 1,200 kids uh, respond to the gospel on our university, and then that, that then spread across our state. You know, I'm from North Dakota. We had 50,000 young people come out to events in our state, and then, uh, and then that spread across the nation. And so now, you know, our, our Pulse team is, you know, 30-plus full-time staff, uh, you know, we're a part of 200-plus events a year and uh, and really just planning, you know, some of the largest, uh, I would say, youth and young adult outreach efforts in the world. And so we're just aggressively going after this next generation. We're trying to speak their language. We're trying to meet them on their, on their phones and um, anywhere they are, right? And so 
Uh, that's really our heart. But, man, we just really believe that, man, these kids uh, need Jesus, that there's an urgency about it. And, and the fun thing is, uh, man, it's this generation that is part of the leadership of Pulse. I mean, this isn't a... Uh, a uh, 20, 30, 40-year-old institution that's trying to speak young. You know, this is a very young generation that's trying to reach their friends. And uh, and so it's just been an awesome ride. And, um, you know, we'll be in front of, you know, over a million people, uh, you know, in 2018. And that's that's been about the norm for us is every year it just keeps growing of people we're in front of, people, a generation that is hungry, and uh, we're seeing – you know, in mass, people turning to turning to Jesus, and that's cool. And you've got a huge event coming up planned for Minneapolis, St. Paul, at the uh, it must be the football stadium, I guess, next spring. Uh, what's the plan on that? Really, really quick, ten seconds. What, what's that? What's the big deal going on next spring? Yeah, so PulseTwinCities.com. People can find out. We're going to fill the stadium. We're trying to reach the next generation, and we're going to have the biggest youth-led outreach event right here in the Twin Cities, but people are going to come from all over. So, Kathy Branzell, the question of the hour for you. You've heard Nick's passion uh, that's related to the Pulse movement and, and reaching this digital generation, the millennial generation, the, the very young millennial generation, and your passion about Love 2020 and everything coming together under, uh, under the uh, Mission America Coalition. How do you see this new synergy with Nick Hall coming in there? How do you see that empowering and em- and exploding what's going on at Love 2020? Well, there's so many things. I love that uh, you keep hearing Nick talk about all of these um, big number events, you know, and, and that's not something that Mission America has really been a, a, a we've, We've always partnered with Nick, um, but that's always been a pulse thing. We haven't had these huge gatherings, and so I'm excited that we're going to have these huge rallying points where we can gather because there's power in relationship. You know, it goes back to 40 Days of Love. The question was, what would God have us do together that we couldn't do on our own? And so um, you heard Nick um, even mention the being on the National Mall and there being over a quarter of a million, upwards to close half a million of of young people and some of us older people there um, in Washington, D.C. We are not old. I reject that statement. We are not old. Yes, we are not old. We're older. So um, with that, you know, um, I'd love for for Nick to talk about even our plans together, um, but I'm bumped for Together 2018 and how we're bringing people together, um, you know, under the banner of Jesus Christ uh, to be disciples and to make disciples. All right, so Nick, how are you guys better together? <laughs> Amen to that. Well, we just believe that the time is now, right? I mean, I, I think, you, you know, you don't have to look very far uh, to see just division and, uh, you know, and chaos, you know, in our news and just all around us. And so we just believe that in the midst of that, there is such a urgency and a longing for, uh, you know, community and for just opportunities for us to rally as one and uh and so next fall in october of 2018 actually october uh the dates are going to be 20 and 21 uh we are planning our next uh together gathering down in dallas fort worth and uh and actually the days before that mission america is going to be convening really leaders from all ages are going to come together for our national kind of leadership gathering um, so that'll be leaders from Love 2020. That'll be leaders from 
a number of organizations, churches, ministries, it might even be student leaders, but just people coming together with a heartbeat to say, we want to continue to rally the nation to love Jesus uh, towards the year 2020, but far beyond. Uh, but then to, to, together is really about, I would just say, it's about a mass gathering where we truly want to equip a generation uh, to be disciples who disciple others. Mm-hmm. And so we just Powerful. believe that there, that there is this uh, prayer, care, share uh, lifestyle that is at the heart of Mission America. It's at the heart of Love 2020. And uh, we just believe that this is a, a real opportunity to infuse a generation uh, you know, with with an opportunity, you know, to follow Jesus, um, you know, and that means building relationships, that means building bridges, that means reaching out and loving those who may not think like us, look like us, act like us, but Jesus invites us to move closer. He invites us to move closer to Him, and He invites us to move closer to the world uh, around us. And so uh, I just think, you know, we could be more excited, you know, with Kathy, with myself, with our team, um, this is truly a joint, multi-generational, multi-organizations coming together. And, uh, yeah, people can, uh, people can find out more online. Um, you know, the website for the Together Gathering is togethergeneration.com, and uh, we'll have information posted there soon about this Leaders Gathering, which will be the days before. But, again, October uh, 20 and 21 is the Together Gathering in Dallas-Fort Worth. It's going to be at the race car track there. We can fit half a million people there. Uh, we, we were praying that we'd fill it. You know, we're praying that we would have more than that come out. And then the days before that, we're going to rally uh, leaders, um, again, to, to share ideas and just to keep this uh, momentum moving forward. I want my tickets at turn number one in the shade, though. Because that, that te- Texas Motor Speedway is a very hot place. Okay, so Nick, let me just get personal with you. You've been given an incredible amount of responsibility. Uh, and with much responsibility comes a lot of pressure. And of course, the enemy wants to do everything he can to trip you up. I just read in your schedule that along with Winter Jam, you've got to speak. You're going to speak 60 times in 60 different locations across the country between November 1 and I believe it was April 1. You're a married guy, right? Married, and I got uh, two amazing kids. Yep. Okay, so how? what are you doing to make sure that you're, you're and, I, and I looked it up, your wife's name is Tiffany, how are you going to make sure that your marriage to Tiffany stays vibrant, that your that your uh, ministry to your children stays effective as you are out there being pulled in so many directions, in so many cities across the country? How are you going to make sure that you're staying solid? Because you mentioned, uh, you know, you, you, friends with Louis, Louis Palau and Billy Graham, and we know that when much responsibility is given and, and you're being pulled in so many different directions, it's hard to keep things on track at home. What kind of safeguards are you putting in place to make sure that Tiffany maintains her priority in your life and your kids maintain their priority, make sure things are straight and strong so that 50 years from now we're going, yeah, Nick Hall, he stayed on the straight and narrow the whole time. (laughs) Amen. Well, number one, I would say, Jim, I need your prayers. And, uh, you know, for anybody listening, man, we we covet your prayers. We have an amazing prayer team that prays for me, prays for our family, prays for my marriage. Um, uh, Tiffany and I, uh, we really make decisions together, right? So our family's in it together. We really see this as a calling, and uh, and calling means uh, a risk. Calling means discomfort. 
but calling means that following Jesus is the best place to be, no matter where that is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so our family travels uh, together as much as we can on that. So they'll be coming out on and off. I'm home every week uh, with them in the off days. Um, and then I also, I would I say, like, I have a, a pastoral um, accountability team, right? So not only do I have a, a pastor who's my kind of mentor, uh, older, an older uh, kind of semi-retired pastor friend, we talk multiple times a week, and then I have a, a pastoral accountability team of, of uh, yeah, just people who are kind of checking the gauges with me and my family, um, really going through everything from top to bottom, trying to make sure that we're keeping it you know, as balanced as we can, but, but you're right. It's, it's crazy, you know, looking at the schedule and looking at the dates. And even sometimes, honestly, I, I look at it and I say, okay, what in the world is going on here? You know, but, but at the end of the day, it is just continuing to come back to man, that prayer life, that devotion to Christ coming back to just this idea and, uh, and just believing that man of God calls, he's faithful, he can do it. And uh, I'm, I'm more, I tell you, I'm more concerned about being faithful um, in my calling as Jesus' disciple than I am in my calling of getting in front of people. Because for me, being a disciple means being a good dad. Right. It means being a good husband. Um, and and I, don't, I don't believe that I can be effective uh, as an evangelist, either now or 20 years down the road, if I'm forsaking you know, those other callings. And so it is, uh, it's a, t- it's a tough road. And that's why I'm always very readily asking people for prayer. And, uh, you know, the, the calling on our family is different than other families, but you know, we're all in this just saying, come on, God, we need you keep our hearts set apart for you, protect us from the enemy's attacks. And uh, I would just say, I'm blessed to have great, great people around me. Kathy's one of them. Um, you know, just people who believe in us and are really lifting up our arms, and uh, we're we're in it together. I love that lifting up yeah. our arms. Well, speaking of that, Kathy, I think it'd be fantastic. I think we should pray right now for this this merger of the minds and the ministries. Let's just pray right now. We got a lot of people listening, so let's pray. Father, I just lift up Mission America Coalition and Nick Hall and Kathy Branzell. Love twenty twenty. All that you're doing in this nation, Lord, we we know desperately that not just the digital generation, the millennial generation need Jesus. So many people in this country are lost, 80% of them not even involved at all in a church. Father, we desperately need you. We need the truth and the good news and the freedom that the gospel brings. We need Jesus. Father, I pray that you would protect Nick as he evangelizes in these 60 cities, that you protect his marriage, that you protect his kids. Lord, that you would give Kathy Branzell the wisdom that she needs as she oversees everything she sees with the all of the different affinity spheres within Love 2020. Lord, help us as Christ followers to make an impact in our country in the name of Jesus. And we ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Nick Hall, Kathy Branzell, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Jim. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Make sure you check out love2020.com. Love2020.com. Sign up today. Join the movement. Love2020.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately... I work for him.